welcome to the latest edition of uh, Views from the Wings podcast. And you know, we had some some pretty pretty big news this past couple of days, especially yesterday, when we when the Eagles they ended up trading out of the number six pick and getting the Dolphins' twelfth pick and a later pick in the draft, and also getting the Dolphins' pick first round pick next year. So it kind of took them out of the equation of getting a quarterback and also getting an impact player with the sixth pick. And it's it's kind of interesting what Harry Roseman is doing. It's kind of telling you that they they believe in Jalen Hurts, but at the same time, they don't believe in him. Mm-hmm. Well, um, so if you – and this is all depending on whether or not you believe the, the Rappaport tweet, but I don't know if you saw it, but he tweeted out that the Eagles – wanted to trade up to three in hopes that Zach Wilson would be there. Um, yeah. And they, apparently they realized he's not either he's not going to be there at two, uh, three or the Jets weren't willing to, to move at all either. So to me, that tells me they're not completely sold on Jalen Hurts, which I think me and you have both been saying the whole time where, you know, the team is probably in a different place than where the fans are at because the fans just, you know, they just want to jump on, you know, the next, next Eagles quarterback and, you know, I understand that, but like the the Eagles are going to play. It seemed like they were trying to play like a wait and see approach because, to me, trying to trade up to three, you're obviously going for a quarterback. Um, you're not trading up to three to to grab Penae Sewell or, or you know anything like that. So, I I don't I don't necessarily disagree with the trade back. Um, yeah, it's it's it sucks to not get like Pitts or or Chase or anything. Um, you know, it's most likely going to be gone. Most likely. I mean, there still is some opportunity there if they, like, fall to, like, 9 or 10. And, um, you know, you can maybe move up there. But uh, how do you feel about them deciding to move back? Um, no, it, it is what it is at the point. We can't really – there's nothing we can do about it. But maybe there's – you never know. Maybe they're trying to get get those picks and try to trade for either – Deshaun Watson or Russell Wilson. So, and we've heard in the in the past few weeks that the Eagles are there'll be strong players in in the Deshaun in a potential Deshaun Watson trade. So, you can either look at it as they're looking to get more picks and get a like a quarterback like Deshaun Watson, or they're trying to get picks to help Jalen Hurts. So yeah, it's you can. There's very there's two sides to this. Um, the move that Howie Rosen made. Yeah, and um, I think that gives them more options. And you talk about trading for trading for Watson or, or Wilson. I would probably give up every pick in this draft. I'd go ahead and just throw a R- Ricky Williams trade at, at the Houston, <laughs> at Seattle, and see what they say. Because I mean, really, I mean, yeah, I'm, and I'm, I'm not. I'm honestly, <laughs> I'm only half kidding because when you look at next year, you have three first round picks. You can obviously trade back and accumulate even more. You could end up with 15 picks next year, you know, or, or you know, maybe not quite that many, but you get 12 and you know, close to 15 picks if you have to do it that way. So, like, I mean, if Watson and I know there's those allegations out there, and who knows, you know, the validity or anything like that. I don't want to really get into it, but yeah. Aside him or Russell Wilson, I think if you can, like, if they if they would take an entire draft, is that something you think is too crazy, or would you be like? more willing to trade just future first because for me I think like this year they're not going to compete most likely and maybe it's a little different 
Russell Wilson because he's older. Um, but I think like you could just throw away this year, say, all right, we're we're not gonna have any rookies, you know, this year. <laughs> and it's not like they've had you know great rookie contributors or anything like that, or drafted a bunch of great rookies. So yeah. I think if you literally could make that trade, I think they should do it. And you've got three first round picks next year. You've got multiple picks that you can you know build upon for even you know for for the future and on. So I know it's probably really pretty silly and would never happen, but. Uh, <laughs> funny you bring that up because I was thinking about that but uh I think I think um what really this is is the Eagles are going to give Hurts this year to see what he can do I don't know if they even go wide receiver I'm thinking they probably go corner um or Micah Parsons is there they're going to take him um but um I think that they're going to give Hurts a year and then if he doesn't like you know blow the doors off of him or, or really show that he's taking that next step or he can be a franchise quarterback they're going to load up and try to get a Sam Howell or, you know, like you, like you mentioned a couple weeks ago, Spencer Rattler, or, um, you know, I know there's a couple, there's a USC quarterback. Um, I can't even remember his name. Slovis. Slovis. Yeah. I just, um, you know, I saw a lot of people on Twitter saying that oh, the, the draft class next year is pretty trash, but we can't really come to that conclusion because we, the 2021 college football season hasn't even started. And it happened sure. in games. Last year, we were probably saying the only good quarterback in this draft, draft class of quarterbacks was Trevor Lawrence. And now you look at Zach Wilson, who just came out of nowhere. And what I saw is he had a pretty good – he had a damn good pro day yesterday. So mm-hmm. there's always this quarterback that you don't expect to be good, but is getting picked in like that either top 10 or top 10, top 15 picks. And if Sean Watson is available, even if they're not going to be, even if the Eagles aren't going to be good, this year, I still think you have to, you have to go, go and get him. You have the draft capital to do it. You have four first round picks in the next two years. What is Houston's what offering they want? Like multiple first round picks. Eagles got four. And then you can throw Jalen Hurts in there as well. So Houston is getting a quarterback. Mm-hmm. I just yeah. think over the past few weeks, you kind of, you know, the Eagles, are, they're not really committed to Jalen Hurts at all. They're willing to part ways with him if he's not, like, doing it. And you can look at the Joe, Joe Flacco move. Like, people are going to say, oh, Joe Flacco's here to back up Jalen Hurts and mentor him. Look what happened in in, um, in Denver. He he wasn't there to back, help Drew Locke. He was, and in, in New York, he wasn't there to back up to help mentor Sir Donald. I don't think he's a good quarterback at this stage in his career. But there's like last year against the Patriots, he had a game where he did, he lit up that Belichick defense, scored 27 points. He's he's in the mindset of he's going to compete for the starting job, so it's kind of like maybe the Eagles aren't really sold on Jalen Hurts at all. Yeah, uh, I think it, I think they're probably just you know a little iffy. They probably feel you know they he showed some good things, but they also don't want to see, put all their eggs in the one basket. And I think it's extremely smart to keep your options open because I understand the fans. You know, if you want to jump on a bandwagon, but Teams aren't run, you know, that way. You, you don't jump on bandwagons. You you have to be cautious. And 
you can't just say, all right, Jalen Hurts played four games. He showed some promise. He looked better than Wentz. That obviously means he's a franchise quarterback. That's just not how just not how teams operate. They they need to make sure, especially not Howie Roseman. And it just seems like to me the Eagles are are hedging a little bit. You know, they're they're saying, okay, we we are committing to Jalen Hurts for a year, but if he's not good, we have all these first round picks. You know, we we can we can easily make a trade for a quarterback or try to you know load up and, and trade into the top five or top three or whatever next year. So. I honestly, I, at first, I was a little, you know, I was, I was a little upset that they traded back, but kind of a couple days to sit on it. It's like, well, the, you know, I can see, I can see how this makes a lot of sense. And obviously, none of this matters if, if Howie can't, can't nail these picks. And I think, I think giving him more opportunities is probably better. But there's also the flip side where it's harder to mess up a sixth overall pick than it is a twelfth or you know, a, a, the mid or late round picks they're probably going to get next year because. I can I imagine the Dolphins will probably be fairly competitive this year, at least, you know, a 500 team. Yeah, so you're probably – go ahead. The Eagles, they could have a pick in the top shot, a pick in the – in the between 10 and, 10 and 20, and then how, however good the close one, they could be between 18, 20, and 32. So you're kind of having – you're having picks in each, like, category in the first round. So. Yep. Yeah, yeah, and that's a good way to stagger it, too, because then you can really kind of say, all right, well, I can use this to move here, and, and if not, you can always stay there and just take, you know, three players in the first round, which would be huge. I can't think of the last team to actually draft three players in the first round. I'm sure it's happened pretty recently, but yeah. um, anyway, I think that at the end of the day, it just gives you a lot more flexibility as a team to, to trade back, and I just think it's funny that, I don't know if you noticed on Twitter, but people are kind of pushing back, like, oh, well, this obviously means – I kind of was getting into it, Tom. Oh, yeah, you, you, you were into it, got into it, too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Tom was calling uh, Tua – what do you call him, weak or – I asked him why he sucked. He didn't respond to me, so I'm kind of like, okay. Well, see, and his argument is he feels like Tua, the moment was too big for him. He, it's more of his, like, intangible argument. And it's like, dude, I get it. Like Jalen Hurts, he's got intangibles. He's, you know, he's a hard worker. He's, you know, he's got that competitive edge. That's fine. I mean, there, there's a million players that have that. I mean, Tim Tebow was praised for his intangibles. I mean, he's supposedly his intangibles were supposed to make up for all of his deficiencies, and it just doesn't. Intangibles are what they are. They, they are not tangible. So you can't really judge and weigh those things and try to say, well, Tua has less intangibles than 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 Jalen Hurts. You can't say that. You don't know that. You're not. You're not evaluating these dudes. You're not in the room with them. So I just think I think his argument is a little bit Eagles biased. You know, I think I just think um, I think if I think if Tua Tungavailoa was on the Eagles and Jalen Hurts was on the Dolphins, I think he would have. And they both had the exact same seasons that they had. I think that he would be pumping up Tua instead of Jalen. And you know, it's whatever. And I'm not here to say that Tua is is automatically better than, than Jalen Hurts, but. People want to talk about running from competition. Jalen Hurts transferred to yeah. Oklahoma in large part because of Tua Tungavailoa. So I know he obviously stayed there for a year and whatever. And there's obviously a bunch of other examples of, you know, Joe Burrow transferring to LSU um, with Dwayne Haskins there or whatever. But, you know, I think it's funny that people want to talk about how Carson Wentz, you know, ran away from the competition when Jalen Hurts kind of did the same thing. <laughs> so um, I just yeah. think that. Yeah, and people don't want to. They don't want to. Sorry for interrupting you there, but people don't want to bring that up. It's facts. He he got benched in the national championship game, and Alabama ended up winning. And you know, 
I think everybody, if, if you watch that game, knew that Tua Tagovailoa was much better after the football than Jalen Hurts. And yep. Jalen Hurts, like, he has a competitive fire in him that he wanted to stay for another year and compete. But you know, a lot of people knew that it was Tua's job to lose, and Tua didn't lose it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you know, kind of since I brought up Carson Wentz, I'm going to touch on it's a little bit of old news, but I kind of want to touch on it anyway. Where, yeah, um, um, just just how when when uh, he came out on Pat McAfee's and in, in that in his interview with the Colts saying how when he was benched versus Green Bay, he felt like that was that could be it. That could, you know, and you started thinking, you know, maybe maybe I could go here, maybe I could go there, and that obviously set Eagles Twitter on fire, and people, you know, have since then, you know, just constantly just attacking, saying, you know, he's a pussy, he, you know, he runs from competition, he's scared, all this stuff, whatever, you know, all these pejorative statements against him. And to me, it's to, – I just think that people are taking away what they want from that from those press conferences. Because to me, I took away – it was him, like, being a fucking human being and understanding, okay, this actually might not be my in my long-term plans. Because – Whenever we were watching that as a fan, and I'm sure you felt the same way, how I felt. When when Carson Wentz got benched, my feeling was, wow, this may be the last time I ever see Carson Wentz play for the Eagles. Because we all knew Jalen Hurts, they drafted Jalen Hurts, and there was all this, you know, buildup of this is Jalen Hurts' team, it's going to be Jalen Hurts' team. And I just think that Wentz probably felt the same thing a lot of fans felt. And I think when, when Hurts got in and he started playing well, no one expected Carson Wentz to, to really be back here. And yeah. I think that. I just think it's funny that he he isn't allowed to be honest with how he feels about the situation, but as fans, they're allowed to say, like, you know, obviously Wentz is done, he's done here, we need to move on. But when if he kind of has those same feelings, it's I guess it's completely it's completely crazy. And it's just like he never he never demanded straight, never asked for it. He just like felt like the tides were shifting. And he just felt, you know, his future was kind of in jeopardy and He's obviously been an extremely honest quarterback, an extremely honest player his whole time. So, I mean, he's just being honest with with his emotions. And it's like when you make it about competing and not competing, it's just like such a childish, reductive way to look at it. Because to think that Carson Wentz isn't a competitor, to think he doesn't want to be a starting quarterback or what have you is is asinine. And it's crazy. And I just think like – and I know it's maybe a poor comparison, but it's the only thing I can kind of – draw a parallel to it's like just think like if you had a bad year at your job and like the whole time during that year you feel like your your employer is like gearing up to replace you you know that they, they just brought in someone who is going to work the same job as you even though there's only really you, your job only needs one person it's like and it, it just feels like you'd be like wow like and, and then like let's say like you have that you have that bad year or whatever at your job and it's like this off of having a bunch of great years. And then it's like, I just don't understand. I don't think people would want to like, if they were in that position at their job, I don't think that they would like want to like sh- take it to their boss and show it to their boss and be like, wow, I'm going to show you like, I can actually be better at this job. Or they're probably going to say more or more likely they're going to say like, I would rather not work here. I want to go find a better opportunity for my career. And that's essentially, I think what Carson Wentz did because I mean, he obviously had a really bad year and, it was kind of warranted to, you know, all the stuff, but I just think that to, to get angry at him or upset at him for wanting what was best for his career is crazy because we all knew that it was going to be really, really tough for it to work out in Philly after he was benched. We knew it was going to be tough. And 
the fact that he felt the same way, I mean, it just it just kind of verifies, I think, how how the fans felt. Yeah, I I totally agree with you on that. I just think I think there was a lot more stuff that was going down behind the scenes for him wanting to wanting out. It I think it mostly has to do with Harry Roseman and how he was drafting players and not being able to help Carson Wentz at the at the wide receiver position. And he probably had enough of it and wanted to get out. And, you know, the fans, they wanted they wanted to feel appeased, and they didn't feel appeased in his press conference and talking with him. Like he's a for, – for him, the Midwest is home to him. He was from North Dakota. Indiana is a perfect place for him, to be honest. Like, you live there, like I've been there plenty of times. Like it's a very once you step out of Indiana, Indianapolis, it's a very like I, I wouldn't say it's like rural. It's like you see a lot of it. it's like flat. Yeah, no, it is. It's so like I mean the thing is, and that's another thing that people were were, were getting crazy about the fact that he didn't he his the the vibe or the culture in Indiana or, or Indianapolis was better or more for him than, than Philly. And I don't know if you saw it, but just crazy amounts of people calling him racist, you yeah, know, the yeah. map, just all that crazy stuff. And it's like, man, you don't have to attack someone's character because, and I, I, I just don't understand how you can draw those, just draw a comparison like that so easily. And to me, that's crazy because I understand what he means because when you're up in Philly, man, you got Washington DC. I mean, this is a hub. Philadelphia is is the hub, man. It's got like you know. It's northeast with with New York City. Baltimore's right there. Washington D.C. You've got all these major cities in one little area. You know, within a four hour radius. When you come to Indiana, you have Indianapolis, and that is it. <laughs> four hour radius around, bro, is cornfields. There's nothing. There's towns of twenty, thirty thousand people at most. So it's everything about it is small town. You turn on a radio station, it's country music. You you walk down the road, you're seeing you know lifted trucks and. and, and you know, it's it's in tractors driving down highways. It's literally, it's Carson Wentz's dream. Probably this is what he wants, and I it's, it's just crazy to me that people can see see him say that and be like, well, that means he's racist. That means he doesn't like black people. It's like, whoa, dude! Like, what are you talking about? And I, I one thing fans don't, I don't think most of them realize is players who come here never. They never live in they never live in the city of Philadelphia. They're either in mm-hmm. they're probably living in southeast south south New Jersey. Like he was living there. Fletcher Cox lives in southeast New Jersey. Like nobody's yeah. living in Philadelphia. They're living in people who have families are living in in like in the suburbs and Yep. Yep. And that's the thing. It's just I think it's uniquely Philadelphia, man. I I think that maybe some fan bases have the same, but it's like if you aren't all Philly, man, they, they don't like you. They don't want you. You know, if you're any, if they feel like you're not a part of the the clique, you're out. And I just think that I think a lot of people just want to attack his character and try to drag him down to try to kind of make, make themselves feel better. Because it's it's just like it's just like um you break up in a relationship, man. You don't want to see your ex doing well. You don't want to see your ex doing better. Yeah. You want you want <laughs> to say oh. Obviously. They even bullied Jalen Hurts out of wearing an Astros cap to wear a Phillies cap. Like exactly, exactly. You can't win. You can't win in Philly, man. You just can't. Not with the fans. And um, I, I will say, like, 
I do think like this trade gives me a little bit of hope for for rebuilding this team because I think like when you look at this team and kind of how they're structured, if they can nail these picks, and that's obviously a, a major if, and Hurts takes a step forward, and that's another major if because I think that this team can be a dynasty really soon. And I know it's like kind of hyperbole, and I'm not usually one to even feel like this, but I just think if Jalen Hurts can take that next step, you are so set for the future because you're going to have sixth overall, all the, you know, the 11 draft picks this year, plus the, the three first rounds next year, plus your second, third, all, you know, down the line. You're going to have all of those picks to literally just build for the next, you know, four to six years. And if you look at the offense, outside offensive line, they're paying nobody. Wide, wide receiver, all rookie contracts. Tight end, all rookie contract. Well, other than Zach Hurts, obviously, which he's on his way out. Um, offensive line, rookie contracts. I mean, I think Dillard is on, uh, not Dillard, but, um, say Amalu's on like some sort of, you know, mid-tier type of contract. But you look at how much money that they will be spending on offense, it's going to be nothing almost. And then if, once you bring in those new picks, that's going to be even less money you're spending. So I think that it's going to give them so much flexibility to like maybe in, in a year or two, not, not, not this off season, but you know, maybe not even next, but the one down the line. It's going to give them the opportunity to spin big and really load up and try to make a run at a Super Bowl. But like I said, this all hinges on Jalen Hurts taking that 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 Carson Wentz esque step in year two. If he takes that step, dude, we're we're set. We're literally set because we have we have such a young core. If if Jalen Hurts able is able to work out, and we got such a young core we can bring in around him. So I I am a little excited about the future more so um, with with these new picks and you know as long as Hertz is able to turn into what everyone says he's going to be and I'm still skeptical I'm super skeptical scoop super skeptical of Jalen Hertz's ability to have that type of Carson Wentz uh, you know ascension in his year two but if it happens like this team could be really really set up yeah it's, it's like you said it's going to come down to Jalen Hertz and if he's able to take that next step and if he's not then Eagles, they'll, they'll still have those draft picks. They can, mm-hmm. if they're in the top 10 again next year, then they can go get a quarterback. Or, or if one of those good quarterbacks comes available in, in trades, then you can, you know, go and get him. And I think I'm going to go back to the Carson Wentz point one more time. I think out of yeah. love if he just, in, either in the in his press conference with, with the Colts or with Pat McAfee, you kind of wish he, did a little, you know, backhanded slaps of the Eagles fan base. He's not he, – that's not his personality. He's never going to do that. If I was in the position as Isman, I would have, like – I was low-key taking shots at both the media and the and the fan base just to get the reaction. And, oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> I, I, I wish he was more passive-aggressive and petty. But he – unfortunately, unfortunately, he's not as big of an asshole as – everyone fucking wants to believe he is. He's actually extremely nice guy and doesn't want to say a bad thing about anyone, but still he's, he's the, he's the, he's the villain in Philly somehow. Yeah. Well, we'll leave it right there for you guys and stay tuned next week. We'll have an episode dropping. So bye. Goodbye.